logic of pessimism moves through three refusals and no saying to the worst refuser the world for us or Schopenhauer's tears, a yes saying to the worst refuse of the world in and itself or the Nietzsche's laughter and a no saying to the for us and in itself a double refusal or a Sioran sleep, crying, laughing, sleeping, what other responses are adequate to a life that is so indifferent. Those are the words of Eugene Thacker that welcome you into this episode of Thunderdome Metal Reviews. In his book, I can't remember the title of it, but that's okay. But it, he should have got a writing credit. He very well might have on this At The Gates album, The Nightmare of Being, an album picked by my compatriot and friend, Dr. David Pizzo, who is here with us, as well as Tracy, Master of Slaughter, Newport. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I am ready to talk about the actual origin of the Gothenburg sound. Actual Gothenburg, not Gothenburg adjacent. Yes. I'm one of those posers from a different part of Sweden. <laughs> and I've listened to this band for a long time since Tracy was in diapers. How are you, Tracy? I wasn't in diapers when Slaughter to Soul came out. <laughs> I was. Well, maybe you were for different reasons. Seven. Yeah, how old were you? <laughs> I mean, that would be a lot of diapers, I admit. That Fine. <laughs> I was still young. That's I didn't true. know what metal was then yet. I was still... Uh, you didn't have me as a parent. <laughs> true, <laughs> I didn't have you as a parent. Uh, and I was still young and um, ignorant about the world. How you doing For tonight? better or for worse. Put the night that in, but at the gates. Yeah, man, why did you choose this album? Because it's fucking badass. Okay, I didn't know that. I just saw At The Gates. And I was like, oh, snap, At The Gates. Because I have listened to them. I've been on the ride since the mid-90s. So I admit I came in at uh, Slaughter of the Soul and went backwards, you know, into the earlier sort of more almost tech death stuff. And I really dug them. And I was so into them. And then they broke up. And I was like, well, shit. So they disappeared from 96 until 2010. Then got an album out in 2014, but I missed the reboot. I didn't actually know they'd reformed until I was looking earlier in the summer to put stuff on the schedule. And I was like, oh, shit, after the Gates came, it's like a thing again. And I learned there were three other albums, all three of which I've listened to now because I'm an overachiever and I wanted context, man. But uh, I was just very pumped to see if they were still making music. And I love the Gothenburg sound. And I guess future me knew that the other two albums we were listening to this week were soporific nonsense so i needed a little bit of some adrenaline so way to go future me on making me pick something that has some has some swing to it so yeah i love at the gates and i was really here for this uh pretty much from start to finish i'll just spoil it so that's my rave review of my 26 year relationship without the gates in that my broke defense, up for a while because they're sick. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, in my defense, for my sulfurific pick this week, I gave you plenty of warning. It was gonna be that, and you probably weren't gonna like it. <laughs> you did. Um, it's okay, and I kind of liked it, but I, I would say that this lyrical concept that this is not that far from the last or the two other albums that we did. Maybe the, uh, not the apocalypse shouldn't write But King Woman, I, I would say that conceptually these albums are fairly close together. This is, although admittedly much more up tempo. Um, so yeah. I agree. Thing. I th yeah. No, oh, go ahead. 
no, I was simply going to say that I think they all fit together, not just lyrically, but all of them in their own way are experimental. I just think this was an experiment that worked. Because this is very experimental compared to their early shit. So I'm sure oh, we're going to get into yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. what's happening here. Mm-hmm. So this album goes some weird places, but you're going to tell us about it, and I'm going to shut the hell up. Uh, a little bit. Uh, it is a nightmare of being released on July 2nd, 2021. Fifth studio album overall. Uh, recorded in three different studios in Sweden. Studio Grandal, where the drums were recorded. Sonic Train Studio, where the guitars and bass were recorded. And notice that I capitalized bass because I was a bassist. And Welfare Sounds, where they recorded vocals. Uh, it is on Century Media. The mixers were Jens Bolgren, who recorded the drums, and is also the overall producer for this. Andy LaRocque, uh, who did the guitars and bass. And Pierre Stolberg, who I apologize if I fucked up your name, who did the vocals, has a runtime of 45 minutes and 37 seconds. The band is Thomas Lindberg on vocals, Martin Larson on guitars, Jonas Stahlhammer on guitars, Jonas Bjorler on bass, and Adrian Erlinson on drums, and a, a Devin Townsend-esque amount of guest musicians who came in, um, played various orchestral instruments, saxophone, as David mentioned, um, Andy LaRoque laid down a, a badass, probably honestly the best guitar solo on the entire album on one of the songs. And so, yeah, you can look those up yourself because there are literally like 20 to 30 guest musicians on this. Yeah, and it's Lynn Berg with a G. Oh, not bad. No, it's a lot of Swedish to type out, dude. I think they would forgive us. Uh, he was a social studies teacher for a good while. I think still is. So that made me very happy. He's my role model. There's a fair <laughs> amount of continuity. I mean, the, the bassist, drummer, and singer are the same on all of these albums, despite the pause. There's some guitar lineup changes, which I guess we'll talk about in a second, that uh, you know, may or may not have hurt them. But for, you know, there's some of these bands we listen to that barely have an original person in them. Yeah. Besides right? the one. <laughs> so exactly it's 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 you know burton c bell <laughs> so um anyway i was super here for this because you know i loved slaughter soul i you know which was sort of the prior of the gothenburg sound it's many people argue some of the first melodic death metal or at least some of the first really popular within metal melodic death metal uh one of the things i like with this album this album has a somewhat different sound from them that doesn't surprise me i went backwards and listened to the 2014 and 2018 releases the 20 2014 releases like about magical realism and they like read a bunch of you know gabriel maria marquez and i mean it's that album is intense and very strange but i think very cool um this album is the first one without Yorler, the guitarist so they lost. Actually, no, I think the last one didn't have him either. But he used to write most of the music. So that potentially was a real blow. Like the main songwriter, um, everything up until 2014 left. Uh, so I feel like they've moved. There's still, there's definitely still some death metal and thrash here. But there was also, I felt like a bit of doom. There, there's a lot of stuff in here that reminded me of Paradise Lost. I feel like they were to a certain degree. And I know this is about to sound like an oxymoron. You're both going to make fun of me. But doom at thrash or near thrash tempos. Because I feel like the chord structures and some of the sounds are not really, you know, I love Onslaught and Slayer, but there's not a whole lot of experimentation there, like in terms of mm-hmm. instrumentation, right? So, or the textures they're creating. So there were a lot of Paradise Lost 
esque textures. I felt like this album also. I was really pleased. They're very good at letting things breathe, not to the degree that you're waiting ten minutes for them to start singing, but they. You know, I'm not sure Lindbergh is the best singer. I don't know if you'd argue he's the best singer. I mean, in some ways, he's maybe an acquired taste, a bit like you know, the singer Carcass. He he has a very distinct voice. He as does. Well. I think even for his style, he, he sings it's distinct. He's doing yeah. death metal with a hardcore bark. Okay. Yeah, like he 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 reminds me honestly of Jamie Johnston in that sense of like yeah, close to him. The phrasing is very much that. Yeah, I um, like his, uh, the sound of his voice a little bit better than Jamie's, but yeah. I will say I also I now that you mentioned that does make a lot of sense is the death metal played at a thrash tempo and or not death metal doom metal played at a thrash tempo and a yeah. lot of it yeah and that makes sense in the way this album sounded and how it came about like how I mm-hmm. took it and there were moments in here also when they have like here's the flute and here's the saxophone that I really dug that they brought those no, totally did to kind of add a little more feel to it that field parts that might have not absolutely that would have been felt empty if they wouldn't have had those parts in there there is a term and i don't know i agree i've never heard it associated with this band i've actually only heard it associated with in minor the one of phil and semmel's side projects but depression core and i think that this really fits this because you're right it is uh it is doom metal played at a thrash tempo and the doom really comes in with the lyrical um style and content and i mean if you read the lyrics or if you pay attention, i mean he his bark is a death metal bark but it is you can easily understand it it's not like some vocalist where you agree but uh so yeah if you pay attention to this it's a pretty damn dark album so it is i mean the cover art is basically the anthropocene they're like yeah. sitting there on shore watching their own city fucking burn which and mm-hmm. i was listening to this of course as half the west coast burns down yeah like this album i feel like is really gra- grappling with that in a way that I yeah guess we're gonna see more and more of the week that that climate change report that came out and said we're basically all fucked by 20 yes yeah yeah that's it um yeah, and I, you know, in, in some ways go so that good. no I, I, all i was going to say is in some ways it really reminds me of uh was it Moonspell that we did an album last yes. year that was kind of the same thing where it was like their city drowning. Yeah. Who did you say? Yeah, we did that in Moonspell, the Portuguese band. Gotcha. Yeah. That was this calendar year, but 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 thunder last Thunderdome year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a different calendar. It, it was so, we are the church after all. So we get a hammer on calendar. Indeed. It's the uh Tresorian calendar. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to think of a name to fit all of us in there together. I wasn't gonna call it Tresorian. You're, you're the schedule it's, it's Tresorian. <laughs> I mean, it's like Gregoria. Yeah, exactly. Freaking, you're Copernicus commissioned to do this, but instead you discover the suns in the middle. Well, <laughs> I am I am now officially naming the Google Doc for our calendar that the Tresorian calendar. <laughs> that works for me. Do, do it. Works for me. So Tracy, I'm sorry to back up because I just started spewing because I love them. What is your relationship with this band? Because you listen to some of more metal than me or even Van. I'm sure you were like, oh, I had that in place 800 on my best of 2018. <laughs> yeah, I see you even have the data to look it up. You're Tracy, I love you. You're so weird. So, so I got a spreadsheet that tells me. I'd actually, at the beginning of 2021, I'd actually listened to 
slaughter of the soul. Like I've got sure. a couple of listens into great. that. And I let me see where that yep. album did not have saxophone solos. Well, I it did not. <laughs> I gave that one a high B. It did not. So if I was to put it how, on how a rating you. right now, I gave it a high B. I mean, hey, it's a high B. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but but for real. Yeah, and so like I it's I like that one enough for me to want to come back to it later on again. Um the 2018 album though, I don't think I latched onto that one as much. I remember hearing it. So yeah, the to drink from the nightfall. The night itself. I I remember hearing it, but I don't think I actually globbed onto it like I did sort of the soul. But also, I was still early in my, I'm going, I muted myself. I'm just going to gorge metal until I can't no more. And I hadn't quite developed the Iocane powder that I have now of death metal, melodic death metal, and et cetera, et cetera. And to some extent, industrial groove. Yeah, I had uh, listened to them in the 90s, but honestly to i hadn't noticed that they had retired and i just there wasn't any more albums coming out and i was like oh whatever and i didn't know that they had reformed so it was this was a pleasant surprise for me yeah they've had to come out get through some shit like losing um andres Bueller, that's brutal like he really did write a lot i mean it'd be like losing steve harris yeah. <laughs> like he really was writing a lot of the music for them um i think that 2014 album tracy is better than the 2018 the magical realism one one Bueller's still there and two they just got a lot of energy they're like i've been a fucking social studies teacher but now i'm gonna make death metal again yeah and, they, <laughs> so, and you know it's that revival i'm like they came back and they're ready to go and totally boom. ready to work and it also lays to that part you know you you replace the main songwriter here's your first album and they have to kind of relearn what they're doing Agreed. playing as a band and this is that second go at it exactly i've only found really I don't know off the top of my head, one album to where the main songwriters departed prior to it being written, and it was a good album. And that was yeah. Soil Works, Living Infinite. You Again. On the Soil Works train this tonight. That's a fantastic oh. fucking album. We'll mention it. It is. Like- <laughs> and I, and I, feel we'll like at the, I feel like At The Gates died so they could live. Right? In terms of them <laughs> falling away. Because so much of the music you love, Tracy, them and Scar Symmetry, who I love too. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I knew Soil Works, but I didn't know Scottish Geometry before the Tracy era. They were just without this, I feel like. I stand I, by that. Even if maybe he doesn't do them. Like, I think these guys laid the bedrock, and you also saw that mm-hmm. with Carcass and Argenemy, even to an extent. Indeed. And uh, Children of Bodom, who we'll be looking at in the near future, that they laid the groundwork for the sound of a lot of these bands I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well on the American side too, they were very influential because I don't think you get the Shadows Fall and the Kill Switch Engage and some of that either. I don't either. Some of those are coming out at around the same time, so um, Divergent, mm-hmm. Evolution, and all that. But I do think that they influenced each other quite a bit. Yeah, it's they, almost a, they admit uh, it in many cases. I was gonna say it's almost a real moment. Then that, like, because you know they took that break after '95, was it? Six. Like they had, yes, they had a couple. Six. They had a couple compilation releases in there, but they didn't have actual album releases. Yeah. And then you have like Shadows Fall and all these bands coming out in the mid late nineties and stuff. Like, well, we're tired of waiting for a new At the Gates album, so we're gonna make our own. 
Yeah, they've Shadows Fall. Those people, they've admitted absolutely they were influenced by the Gothenburg sound. Yeah, I think it did transpose over into metalcore. That was sort of the the leap over point. Um, but this album is not metalcore. This album has saxophones and flutes, which I know I didn't the last album we reviewed for because that we reviewed because I wanted to choke it. But here I think it works. I think it works in this case. I even think the strings, sometimes strings are fucking cheesy um, because I feel like often people will throw in some violin, like let's demo Borgir this shit, but they don't throw in viola or cello, any of the low strings, and it just sounds like a damn keyboard. So like, it's not even just adding some instrumentation makes it good. Like I'm here for that, but they did it successfully and it's it's like well mixed. Mm-hmm. There's like the low end. It's, I feel like this is a case where that, and I don't always feel that way. Again, I, that last album pissed me off. Uh, the Apocalypse High Terror, but this one, I feel like they nailed it. I do too. I think a lot of it too, this is not them going in and freeforming everything without having anything written and just coming up with what they come up with. These are written songs, so there's a whole lot more structure. And I agree with you. That jazz, um, well, not jazz, that saxophone, it reminded me of jazz solo. Mm-hmm this on this album beautiful fit the song so well so good good. yeah in that extent of some of the rivers and i which i know ben wasn't the biggest fan of but it was nice to hear i like hearing like those oddball like orchestral instruments Mm -hmm. come in in moments of metal where you don't really expect them because it's not like traditionally aligned with like the symphonic aspect of it it's always a good idea. It's not always executed well. And I think whatever it's a nine hill is okay. I just didn't think, I thought they were a little excessive in it, but it's used so sparingly here that it really, you know, sometimes a little bit goes a long way. So, shall we talk about some songs? Yeah. Um, I think me or Benny's go Tracy. before David just yeah. everything on it. <laughs> I'll go first and then Tracy, you can follow up. Um, Spectre of Extinction is a fantastic opening track that was very well done and that's the one that Andy LaRocque lays down the solo on it's so fucking good uh, Paradox is a pretty decent follow up Garden of Ceres which is the one that has the saxophone on is awesome perhaps my favorite track on there uh, Cult of Salvation is pretty good Cosmic Pessimism which is the name of the Eugene Thacker book that i quoted at the beginning that i couldn't remember the name of love that song a whole lot and one of the cool things about that and i didn't check the liner notes because i didn't have a physical copy to look at to see if um, they gave a writing credit to eugene but it almost felt like they were just reading passages from the book i've got it but it's been a while since i've read it and i could and i just didn't double check and eternal winter of reason i think is a fairly strong closer the other songs are not bad by any stretch but those are the ones that stood out to me Um, like then, I think Spectre of Extinction is a fine, is a great opener. I really enjoyed that. Rose sets the stage for the album. I think The Nightmare Being is a good title track. Um, Garden of Cyrus is, I enjoyed the saxophone, and I think it's a good. I really enjoyed Touched by the White Hands of Death and The Fall into Time and Called Salvation. That one, two, three there in the middle, I really enjoyed. Um, I'm not biggest fan of the back three as Ben is, though. Kind of like them all. No, let's see. So, Spectre of Extinction, I really like the Metallica esque acoustic intro. That's what that reminded me of, that beginning. And it's, of course, Anthropocene themed. It really lets you know right away we're all going to die. 
Uh, and there's that kick-ass riff on all the discordance. Uh, Paradox, I think, is a great follow-up, also a great riff. I think, interestingly, I think The Nightmare of Being is almost the weakest track on here. It's not a bad track, exactly as Ben said. It's, you know, even the weaker tracks are just sort of okay, but it's just, uh, it wasn't my favorite. I freaking love Garden of Cyrus. And I'm not always here for this. It's a little bit down-tempo, and sometimes saxophone solos, it's just 280s. Unless it's Blade Runner, which is good 80s. I don't know. Anyway, here it was very successful, and I was I was fucking here for it. It also sounded a bit like Paradise Lost to me. This is one of the tracks that really did. I, like Tracy, love the flutes and chimes and touch by the white hands of death. It had a sort of fantasy feel. And then that horror score that is super fucking menacing. And then thrash, bam, it's happening. Uh, I love that song. Fallen in Time has a sort of sci-fi soundscape thing going on and then lonely guitar so it like tracy you know i know tracy lives for this stuff i sometimes i love it sometimes i don't but here they just nail it in song after song after song oh uh, i did like abstract and throne i guess a bit more than tracy because you know it's sort of death metal-esque and there's cellos and then cosmic pessimism i love that heavy groove acoustic thing they do which was also a tiny bit roots almost uh and the closer I don't think it's quite as good as some of the other songs, but it is okay. It is a nice sort of last guff punch and it has a great riff in it. So there's really not a bad song on here. I'd say really only maybe Nightmare of Being uh, and maybe Cult of Salvation are a little weaker, maybe Eternal Winter of Reason, but man, there's a lot of good songs on here. And as an album, I feel like it flows and coheres quite well. 45 minutes is perfect. I felt that more strongly than ever after that 78 minute monstrosity I listened to before this. Well, that's interesting so... because... I actually had to change because I normally listen to them in the order that I record them, just so I can have that mental in my head when I listen to them. Yeah. But I had to move this one because I was catching myself as it would go from the Apocalypse Richter to this, that that final track in the Apocalypse Richter sounds similar enough to this that it took me about two songs oh, in this go. Oh, it's a different album for me to make that mental disconnect in it. After I, I listened to uh, this skirt- album. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You go ahead. After I'd listened to this album two or three times, I got to where I would take this album in chunks instead of listening to it all at one time. Because there, I mean, there's quite a bit of difference stylistically um, as to what the instrumentation and everything is, but they're all still that um, melodic death metal. And there was a bit of sameness to it that I had to step away from every now and again. I can see that. I accidentally, I messed up putting them on my playlist. So I was listening to Reiter, then King Woman, then this. So Tracy, I didn't have any of that. I had chums that made me want to be unconscious or dead. And then suddenly, like, at the gates rode in, like, the cavalry. <laughs> like, and here's an actual riff that's going somewhere. So, um, yeah, I had, like, two very slow, soporific, quaalude-esque albums and then this. So uh, I think... I have a higher tolerance maybe than Ben of that sort of 10 songs that are slightly kind of the same space because, you know, I like other melodic death metal, which I admit there's a bit of that happening. I, I love soil work and I love scar symmetry, but I can see what Ben is saying. There's not some of the variation you get with some of the uh, things that Ben is into. That's what I'll say. Um, this yeah. weird do me things. Uh, there's other things that I mean. It's just um, personal preference because a lot of the thrash I listen to is all also kind of thrash. I'll sure, the entire way through, and it doesn't bother me. But 
Um, and just for this one, it did. I, I do think that it might have changed your listening experience if you had listened, because I do the same thing Tracy does. I listen to these in order just because I'm lazy and I just look them up and that's how I do them. Um, I think that might have changed your listening experience. Maybe a little bit of more of enjoyment with that break, because listening to the Apocalypse Rider and King Woman back to back, I can kind of see that that would drag. Oof. Yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. I usually listen to an order, but I screwed up. And so, yeah, I was so ready for anything where they gave it gas that when this would come on, I was like, yes. And so maybe that that's an interesting admission <laughs> but because I, matters. I did that on purpose, though, so I wouldn't have too much samesies lined up together that I couldn't differentiate between the two. I did it and I think it's because my hate or my dislike of the first album we did was pulling into this one and I was like I don't need to carry that baggage in there for sure yeah that is would not be fair so let's grade this thing all right uh David I think this is a great album uh you know Lindbergh isn't necessarily the strongest vocalist and I think losing one of the two Bjorler brothers hurt them a bit so I'm going to give this an A minus, you know, a great album. I probably will like it more as I listen to it more. I think it's in, I don't know if it's going to be my top album of the year, but it's for me, probably I can already predict in that top 10, top five, maybe. So for me, it's a solid A minus and I love it and I'm here for it. I, while I enjoyed the album overall, I don't think I'm as high on as you are. I think it's a good album that has some great moments in it. So I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to come in right between the two of you. Um, I am not quite as high on it as David. So I'm going to give it a B plus because I do think it's an excellent album. There's just uh, something that's keeping me from putting it up into a great album. I do think that it will be in my top 10 of the year. I haven't really looked at it that closely, but just thinking about what I've listened to and what I, how my grades have gone this year, I think it'll still fall within the top 10 at a B plus. And it's got some great songs on it. This is definitely something that I'll go back to quite often. I don't know necessarily that I'll listen to the entire album, and maybe that's why I'm not giving it an A minus, but there are songs that I'll pull off for sure. I'm just, I had to laugh because I'm like, I can't even guarantee it'll be in the top 25 at the moment because I've got like 60 albums already on my album of the year list. Yeah, you're also <laughs> greater than them. You're a weirdo, Tracy. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I love you, man. But man, you you have your own methods. That's true. To the madness. Indeed. Madness indeed. Speaking of madness, what are we doing next? Um, next we are looking at the my pick for July and Celestial Blues by King Woman. That'll be it. Woman. Yeah, that'll be an interesting conversation. Another band that I've never fucking heard of. You're welcome. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Thunderdome Metal Reviews or watching us if you happen to do that. Do all the things. You know what to do. We don't have to tell you. You're adults. Or don't do them. Whatever. But we'll catch you next time. Dun, 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 dun,